1: So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Side Hustlers. I am your host, Carla Marie. Thanks for being here. This is your very first episode. This podcast follows people who are following a passion outside of their day job. Each week I talk to someone else who is either in the middle of side hustling or someone who side hustled so hard they made it their full-time Hustle! It's such a great place to hear about small businesses or now big businesses who were once small businesses. And it's fun to be a part of this side hustler community and support one another. Before I get into this week's guest, I want to tell you about this cool event I'm doing with our radio station 106.1 in Seattle and our morning show, the Carla Marie and Anthony Show. We have teamed up with Barry's Bootcamp to do a workout. And every dollar from that workout will go to Seattle Children's Hospital. It's October 26th at 2 p.m. It starts at 2.30, but we're getting you there at 2 p.m. You can actually sign up if you go to kissfmseattle.com, or you can go to my Instagram and click the link in my bio, and there should be a sign-up link right there. It's also on Eventbrite, and it's called One Big Workout. And all the money is going to go to Seattle Children's Hospital. We'd love to see you there, so come out for that. So, cool thing about this week's guest, I am actually hosting a panel for his company. So, Tom Siri is the CEO of Real Self, which started as a side hustle. Real Self is this amazing place, an amazing website for people to go to find out about cosmetic treatments. And we're going to get a lot into that in this episode. But I am hosting a panel Saturday, October 19th, 2019, for Real Self's House of Modern Beauty here in Seattle, it's at The Riveter in Capitol Hill, and the panel is going to have a lot of women in media, and we're going to talk about women in media, obviously. You can actually win your way into this panel by going to my Instagram at the carla marie the contest will end this week so if you're listening to this podcast in 2020 too late but thank you for listening so check out real self house of modern beauty it's this weekend starting at 10 a.m on saturday it's open to the public there's going to be info on all kinds of treatments there's going to be uh, free treatments available it's also going down on sunday the 20th at the riveter in capitol hill here in Washington, in Seattle. It's a really cool event. If you've ever had any questions about things from plastic surgery to micro-needling, this is the place for you to go. So let's get into Tom's story because Tom, how he started and where he started and just his passion for starting something new and recreating and reinvigorating businesses is incredible for a lot of people you know why are you waiting you know what you want to do this is something you want to do get off your butt and do it i'm
2: a hustler side side hustler do it i'm a hustler side side
0: hustler do it i'm a hustler side side hustler come on ask about me yo yo it's the side hustlers podcast with carla marie
1: so today I am joined by Tom Siri. He is the CEO of Real Self and we're going to get into what that means and why you're here and what we're doing together and all the fun stuff. But you also worked at Expedia at one point, Tom, and that was your day job. And that was what year did you start at Expedia actually?
2: Well, I started in 1999, so you're you're not looking at me. How old are you? No,
1: I just think it's so cool that you were you were yeah. side hustling way before I thought of this podcast, which is what yeah. I love. So you were at Expedia when Expedia was blowing up.
2: It was just actually just starting out and early days, and we just started blowing
1: up. Which obviously, Expedia transformed the travel industry the same way Real Self has transformed and continues to transform the cosmetic surgery, the cosmetic treatment industry, and obviously. That was genius on your part to kind of do that whole transfer there and see what Expedia was doing. So let's go back to when you were at Expedia and you decided, okay, I see what this is doing to the travel industry. What made you say, well, the cosmetic industry needs this too?
2: Yeah, because I'm not the poster child for cosmic <laughs> procedures. On a more serious note, I, I was really inspired by the things we were doing at Expedia in terms of empowering you as a traveler yeah. to make better purchase decisions. We had acquired TripAdvisor, which as everybody knows now is the place you go to really get the truth about where you're gonna stay. And I was thinking, boy, I've been here six years. I'm ready to sort of graduate from here. Mm-hmm. Our, our executive team had left and started cool companies like Zillow and Glassdoor. Whoa. And I was like, well, I could go work for them again or get my own thing going. So as I was working my day job, I was hustling at night. Mm-hmm. Where else do people make really big decisions and feel poor, poorly equipped for them? And I was thinking healthcare. So I told my wife, Smart. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna come." Yeah, you know, I came home one day and I said, "I'm gonna quit my day job and you know, perfectly good paying day job yeah. with a great company." And so I'm, I take a little exception to the genius comment. Like, it might not have been <laughs> the smartest uh, financial move, but I said I'm going to create TripAdvisor for healthcare. And my wife told me, "That's a really bad idea." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love when, by the way, there are a few people who have been in this podcast who have a very successful business now. And they're like, yeah, my wife or my husband was like, that's not really it's the wife, actually. He was like, that's a terrible idea.
2: Yeah. Well, she's like, Is it, that just means everything and nothing. And yeah, You can't build a business on that. So went back to work, kept idea generating. My wife showed me a brochure that um, she had received for um, getting a laser treatment at a facial place. She was getting her facial esthetician. And she said, well... You know, maybe you should look at this and, you know, there's a $1,500 treatment uh, and, and they're basically, this is all they gave me and I don't believe anything in it. And for me, the the connective tissue between that and travel was, oh yeah, that's what travel agents used to do. They right. give you a brochure, right?
1: And you're like, you oh, know. this hot air balloon ride looks great.
2: Yeah, until you fall out of it.
1: <laughs> I know nothing else about it. Yeah. You're, it's right though, when you go to those rest stops and you see... All those They're still brochures. They're but still there. most of the time, what I'm end up going to do now is go look it up at my phone and book it on my phone.
2: Go to your dermatologist. What do you see? A wall brochures. of brochures. Yeah, you're right. And guess what? It's inside there. To this day, unfortunately, it's still the perfect case. Before and after picture. That's amazing and get back to work in two days. No one will notice. Where on our platform, realself.com, you know, we have the truth, which is that two to three days could be three months for certain people in certain cases. And if they're with the wrong provider, wrong doctor, wrong clinic.
1: Right. Because that doctor is not going to tell you in their brochure about (laughs) the three-star rating that they would have or the terrible disaster that happened, unfortunately happened to someone. But... That's what real self does. Real self tells you the good and the bad of every procedure, every doctor. You have verified doctors, which I didn't know was a thing before I went on realself.com. So, me personally, and I have not hid this from any radio listener ever. I had a breast augmentation. It'll be six years by the time this podcast posts. I, at the time, did not know real self existed, and it did at that point. So, I unfortunately went through this without knowing anything about real self all the questions that i had i just asked google i didn't have anyone i could ask other than a few people in my life who had gone through it but i didn't have this internet of people who was who were pouring out their stories and the honesty of going through it now i'm assuming you've seen what real self has done to the community and you've been able to see these incredible stories
2: exactly your 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 journey is shared by hundreds of thousands of women on our platform related to that procedure and others and Inside of each person's story is so much information that you just can't get from that procedure, uh, that brochure, or from the doctor, or perhaps your girlfriend or friend.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Somebody who's
2: walked in those shoes and are sharing details that, you know, you're most, you might be embarrassed to ask, you know, like, you know, constipation is a big conversation on people who've had surgery.
1: I'm trying to think back and I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, I
2: mean... (laughs) You know that it just comes up. So pain and um, recovery, and or spousal things like, well, my boyfriend slash or husband or partner isn't supportive of me. What should I do? I really want to go forward and have um, a transformation. So inherently inside of Real Self is a is a really vibrant, beautiful community, and I I just feel so honored and blessed that I get to be the host of that. Just like you have a host of your show, I have my
1: that's awesome my show
2: that's digital and online and and, and also has expanded it to Instagram into events we hold in cities around the country.
1: Well, it's something to be proud of, too. Like you've created something that has actually made a difference. And that is the coolest thing. And that is something you should absolutely be proud of. But how did you go from that brochure that your wife gave you to then launching, I guess, what was it at first? A website? Just It was justrealself.com. How did you come up with the name? Like all of that stuff at that moment. How did that happen?
2: The name, let's start with that. Mm -hmm. I I was trying to come up, I knew self was inside of Of course. It's so personal when you're talking about a transformation of your body or face or even just a a tweak, you know, a a shift and a change. And then I thought, well, what's a good modifier of self? And I I thought vivid, you know, vivid self. And that's the first name. And then I I have a cousin in the media business in New York and he said you can name it that and i was like why not and he said well the word vivid is associated with pornography Ooh. like the largest porn company in the world at that time was in vivid so i was like okay that is not a good no <laughs> definitely not not. A, good, <laughs> not a good word choice and i said well actually at, at the end of this uh, what i'm so i want to be so proud of is that we're authentic and real because that's and then how do you achieve that you know your real self came into my mind and i looked it up and an author named, had named his book uh, The Real Self, or Exploring Your Real Self. And I sent him a note saying, I'd like to buy your domain name. And he said, oh, it's going to cost you. And I said, okay, why are we talking? He said, $400. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, can I wire the money? <laughs> yeah. So I, I quickly grabbed that.
1: Have the whole time out yeah. to interrupt you. Have yeah. you ever heard from that guy now that's been like, oh, man, I should have charged you way more because this is way bigger than what I had.
2: No, we had, we haven't. There will be a moment where sure. they'll, they'll say, "Gee, you know," or maybe they'll say, "I'm the Godfather of," which is cool, <laughs> which is soft. really cool. Com. So I I did quit my my job. I mm-hmm. stopped the hustle because I the hustle part was me, you know, just forming the concept and trying to reach a place where I'm like, okay, what does it look like? How do I design this? I hired uh, my one of my best friends to be our one engineer. Don't do that. He's still a friend of mine, but. <laughs> That was a bad idea.
1: Was it a bad idea because you were working with a friend?
2: Yeah, and just the relationship is strained by all the strains that go through of not, like I didn't make any money. I was taking money out of my bank account and putting it in his bank account. And he was kind of annoyed that the amount I was giving him was less than he was making ever before his career. So the whole dynamic just gets challenged that Mm -hmm. way. But we just started out by saying, let's start a concept where people share whether a treatment, a procedure is worth it or not and let them share their story and then rate it based on worth it. And then we'll add up the number of not worth it and worth it and rate something. So breast augmentation, our platform, has a roughly 98% worth it rating. Yet there's treatments on our site that, and and the community shared that are not worth it that are below 50%. That's an
1: incredible way to put it. Like I've never, like I have had people say to me, was it worth it? And even right away I said yes. But like looking back now, it's like the recovery was almost nothing compared to the six years of my life that I have lived like this. So I never really thought about like, if someone came to me and was like, I'm telling you it's not worth it. Or 50% of people say it's not worth it. That is a very strong number to think about for anyone about to not only spend a lot of money on something, but really go through an emotional and physical change. And that is such a great way, I guess, to to put it, which is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. I love that.
2: It's this term that has a lot of definitional yep. um, weight to it, which is, It's a combination of how much you spent, what it's done for your life, would you do it again? All these kind of questions get packed into worth it. And then inherently, it leads to a conversation, which is like, that's great that all these people found it worth it, 98%. Mm -hmm. What about those 2%? And what we see often happen in our world of online reviews and stories and people sharing is we sort of tend to go from the worst case and work our way to the best. And I, I honor that. I think that's fair. Yeah. But you kind of want to know, well, what for people who didn't work out, not worth it, what can I learn from them so I don't repeat those? Yeah. And that goes inherently into how we think about our standards of what a doctor, who's allowed on our platform, what they're allowed to say as a physician, and how we demonstrate you know, their level of credentials and, and, and acceptance by somebody we feel comfortable putting in front of you as a potential doctor or surgeon.
1: How, when you first launched, like, how did you get people to trust you? Because this is something so vulnerable. How did you get doctors and even patients to trust you and know who you were or who real self was right away?
2: I, I think the deficit in trust is something that every business, everyone starting out shares even yeah. Oh, prob- yeah. In career, right? Anyway. You, you started your career, your podcast, yeah. everything. And it, it's important that you do, you know, ultimately it was essential that we always did the right thing, which was. We allowed full transparency, full conversations. We didn't edit and we were very explicit. Um, I was always talking and engaging in the community, saying, We welcome your conversation as long as it stays within our standards, which are just don't be a jerk. You know, like, no, but, you know, don't be a troll. Don't be a jerk. Just be helpful and help others, you know, get either to the finish line or to a new decision. One of the things that was probably the most instrumental, though, for us building trust with doctors and consumers alike was to get sued. And I've written about this on, and, geek wire but by the best thing that ever happened to me as a startup was to get sued and, and this well,
1: how <laughs> why yeah it
2: sounds like I'd, I'm not trying to mm. by the way all the attorneys who are listening is going like okay I'm gonna sue you no it's yeah. like I'm not encouraging that behavior but in my case in our case a real self was we had a really robust conversation about a procedure that people were saying it was terrible not worth it talking about horrible results and they just that company that was behind it decided to sue me and sue us um, I got, you know, I was sitting in a room with like four other pe- employees and I got a knock on the door and this very large man said, you've been served. <gasps> and he handed me um, a federal lawsuit in, in uh, Eastern Michigan court. And I took this to my lawyer and I said, well, what am I going to do? And he said, well, how much money do you have?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a great place to start. And, and
2: I said, well, how much is it going to cost to defend this? Because I'll give up the company to stand for transparency of what we believe in. And he told me, I'll probably be $750,000, which was more than we had in the bank. Wow. And so you probably still say, well, how is that possible that yeah. that's a good thing? Well, what I did was I started looking deeper inside the community and found that any positive post I could trace back to the servers that were in the company that was suing me. <gasps> so we found that they were astroturfing, as it's called, fake posting. So I countersued Un- them. On real self? Yes, on real self.
0: No way. So
2: it was like a detective thing. <laughs> we just like figured it out. And then we countersued them with evidence. And you know, ultimately, they, um, they, they said, we're done. We're, we're, we'll settle. We're out of this. <laughs> But it, it cemented home where our standards are for yep. the people who work for a real self, the people who are associated with it. And I had dozens of doctors say, good for you for standing up to those bullies. No one else has had the guts or balls to do that.
1: Now, obviously, that company was posting on your website. What year was this?
2: Ooh, that was like in 2008.
1: So they were, you know, doing what "quote unquote" astro surfing,
2: astro ha- turfing, Turf, <laughs> surfing, astro
1: surfing. Surf, see a, where my mind is. I want to yeah. go surfing. How do you prevent that from happening now?
2: First of all, unlike other platforms that allow you to post reviews, we moderate every single one. Cool. We, we review every single one. We do a lot of background research, not creepy way, but just to make sure the person's a real person, yeah. they have a real identity, they exist in the world. We actually ask that they ver- verify their email address. And we are constantly finding moments where we are saying, this is clearly a, a, a suspicious review. And mm-hmm. we will contact, typically it will come from a medical practice that's mm-hmm. really trying to gin up how they look. And we will educate them on why that's not fair and not right. And so we take down thousands of reviews. Wow. Sometimes we might get it wrong. Maybe there is a real one, but there are a lot of indicators and signs and algorithmic ways to detect. Let me just say this. Any platform, Amazon. Oh, yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, can, can get faked out, right? You you know when you're on about, Amazon. You're
1: paid to leave reviews on, on some company. And right. yeah, don't even get me started on Yelp. We've talked about that on this yeah. podcast so many times that Yelp will purposely put the bad reviews on top so that business owners will pay for whatever program Yelp has where it'll put the good ones on top and it's like this is so unfair especially for small business owners but I feel like you're you're almost countering that completely that whole industry of okay well if I'm a doctor I can get people to comment on my Google account or whatever account it may be and get the the good posts up top but you're you're just putting the truth out there good or bad with realself.com How has real self changed from what it was in 2006 or has it even changed? Or I guess the growth, all of that, like what is the company like now versus then?
2: I think of real self as um, it started out. Yeah. A website, right. And a destination. But as time has gone on, we've seen the proliferation of social media and places where we spend all of our time. So we've built up a really robust presence on Instagram and email with, um, and and that's at, at real self. Um, R-E-A-L-S-E-L-F. And, you know, we have a very large email base, so we send a lot of newsletters, and we do events. And one that you're attending, we'll get mm. to them I'm sure, yeah. but really fun, in-market events, experiential, where you get to see aesthetic procedures, treatments, up close, and see what is this all about, so it's not so... So um, inaccessible. I would think we're more of a diversified community, which is both local and social and on the platform. So it's and now we're over two hundred people and wow, um, s- sitting here, but also in Seattle, but also we have team members all over the world and and distributed. And I think we're at ni- in nineteen states. We have employees, including Hawaii.
1: Wow. Yeah. When you started Real Self, though, it was in you said a spare bedroom.
2: Yep, here in Seattle and in, in Magnolia neighborhood, mm-hmm. in the spare bedroom.
1: Yeah, and now you have two hundred employees. Like. Yeah, believe- did you think that would happen when you were in that spare bedroom? Did you really think it was gonna get that big or did you think you were just gonna do this whole thing the whole time, just you?
2: My north star and guiding point was, I wanna build a brand that is loved and known. And the fact you didn't know about us is, shows me an opportunity that we still had yeah. and have. And and probably some of your listeners like, what is this real self thing? You know, typing it into their phone or whatever. So my job is not done in that end. Part of being an entrepreneur is being pretty disconnected from and a little bit delusional about all the things that are in front of you. And and there's a healthy dose of of naivete that you need to have. I I had that in spades. (laughs) So so, um, I didn't really know if I'd get to 200, let alone how to manage 200.
1: Yeah, how do you do that? Because I can't manage myself, let alone 200 people. Obviously, you have other people. It's not you every day going in and telling people their task for the day. I'm sure you have a great team around you now that also does that. But were there growing pains? Oh yeah,
2: I mean, there's uh, it, it is a incredible journey an entrepreneur goes through. Of I, I always say it's like being served up giant slice of humble pie every day. And you know at At some point, you just have to get an affinity for it and kind of like it. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I love the way this tastes. More humble pie, thank you. <laughs> and but that's part of a I think a, a strong leader is one who adapts and listens and learns and knows they don't need to have all the answers. And you can go to a meeting saying, "I don't really know. I'm just here to listen." I think Zuckerberg is famous for that: being sitting through meetings and being quiet, listening, asking questions, as opposed to asserting their 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 will of ways and how things are going to work. And I'm not saying I'm any, any close to Zuckerberg's level of success, <laughs> but I am um, an individual who uh, is a consummate learner and try to recognize that the team members around me are people who. I need to trust and learn from together. So.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're there. For, you're paying them for a reason. <laughs> Let them have their opinions and their ideas. And it, it's true. If, if you could have done it on your own, you wouldn't have had all these people around you. And I think that is very valuable for anyone listening right now who may manage a team and to hear what you just said, because it is very important. But something I do like to talk about, people who do hold meetings, because not a lot of people who are on this podcast have a very small business where it is just them. But when you do hold meetings, I, have a, I, I hate meetings. So I'm going to say that right now. I cannot stand them. Half the time, it's just everyone cracking jokes, at least here in radio. And I make that very clear to everyone. But what are meetings like as a whole at Real Self? Are there rules? I know, I think Bezos is I will not be in a meeting that has more people than a pizza could feed. So that's about eight people, I'd say. Depends if you're, how you're cutting the slices. So, do you have different rules for meetings at Real Self?
2: We don't honor PowerPoint slide presentations. Oh, we want to see that. the written word. You know, things written down and sent ahead of time. You know exactly what um, in six pages or less. What is the plan? What is the what is the decision that needs to be made? And clarity around. Um, The questions and even commenting beforehand. So you show up and I just literally ran over here from a meeting where we were just doing that, which is we had a plan. uh, We looked through it. I asked some questions. There's a follow up. But also, if you find yourself in a meeting at Real Self that is no longer relevant to you, you have absolute permission, if not agency, to just walk right out. And that's not insulting. And you know that you've been there, right? Sitting in that (laughs) meeting like, I got to get out of
1: here. I got to get out of here. All of them. (laughs) Yeah. But it's because yeah. I'm not holding the meeting. If I was holding the meeting, I'd probably think way differently than right. I do. But no, it's true. And that's incredible that you have given your employees that comfort for them to be able to to be, like, you know what? My time is served some better somewhere else. And that is so smart for you as a CEO, uh, as a, for a company as a whole to teach their employees. You, If you think you could be doing better work, then go do it. And that's great. I think all companies need to do that because yeah. meetings can be a big waste of time.
2: Yeah, so that going back to that person who's sitting maybe with only one employer by mm-hmm. themselves. Feel very special about that. You do not have to sit through these <laughs> sessions and moments and I, have, I I do though, however, love coming together and hearing ideas and, and flushing through them and flushing through them and, and really trying to understand how we arrive at decisions and and make sure we just stay on that You know that compass direction north of like okay we all believe in these values and we are not going to compromise those for a quick dollar and and just make sure we do the right thing for what i think is a social responsibility we have at real self to to really stand for for consumers and transparency and doing the right thing
1: so you were able to grow real self a lot by getting funding money from investors and I want you to talk about those amazing people who have helped out. And how is it $42 million that you were able to fund to date? Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. Yes. And
2: it's a big, there's a big baseball bat on my head. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people like,
1: oh my God, like that yeah. could be me. There's people starting yeah. their small businesses going one day that could be me. So I guess, how did you create those relationships and who were these incredible people who helped you out along the way?
2: That's a question I get quite a bit from young entrepreneurs or sure. new entrepreneurs because it is a, a pretty opaque process. of I, I've got an idea. Now we need some money. <laughs> How do I get that money? I mean, um, buying a house, you kind of know the pathway to getting money. I was very fortunate to work at Expedia, which was a very entrepreneurial organization. As I mentioned earlier, people who went off to start great companies. And our CEO, Rich Barden, um had a thesis when he left um, to go start Zillow, which was, um, I want to um, invest in power to the people type plays. And so power to the people meaning like, you know, basically transparency. I love it. And, and so I was sitting in that little spare bedroom in my house with my one employee, and I got a call from him. And he said, Hey, I see what you're doing at Real Self. I'm really intrigued. Do you want to come by and tell me more? And I was, Sure. <laughs> That's <was> bizarre. <laughs> like this. And uh, I went to his, his office, and he said, You know, he went through this, my thesis, my view on what I was trying to build. And he said, Well, are you looking for investors? And I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> you, I am. You want to write a check? And he said, sure. And so that started the process. Having a person of Rich Barton's sort of experience yeah. as well as just respect in the overall community of, of investors, it was like having the most perfect um, angel investor, lead investor and just people just fall in place. Um, we also got Nick Hanauer and his team over at Second Act Partners excited through Rich. And you know Nick is the 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 person who basically convinced Jeff Bezos to come to Seattle. He was the, one of the wow. four, he was one of two angel investors in this thing called Amazon. So it was just like this top tier amazing people, and they really believed in just. You know what? This your amount of money I raised back then was under two million dollars, and for them, it was like just do the right thing, build this, and you know, there's no stress or or you know, we're not you know, trying to get um quick bucks from this. It mm-hmm. just seems like a really great idea. the The forty million dollars comes in a di- that's a different story, but I'll just hit pause so I don't keep droning <laughs> on about money raising.
1: But how, okay, so the two million dollars early on, where did that money go? Did it go to paying yourself, paying employees, marketing? what like early on where do you spend that money
2: almost always you see in in early stage companies it, and software is really cheap these days we have open source we have easy access to tools laptops cost a fraction what they used to mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff where it really shows up is in Hiring great people and software engineers, in my case, are very expensive, mm-hmm. highly sought after, even when I started the company all the way through to today. But I didn't pay myself. So that was um, something I would also encourage if you do raise money as an entrepreneur, always pay yourself um, because it just starts creating a lot of stress in your life. And it was about two and a half years before I got a, a reasonable salary for myself. Wow. But I kind of always looked at it like, well, I'd rather pay somebody else so I can get one more person than take a salary and I'll just eat it. You know, I cut back on a lot of personal expenses, and my wife kept her day job too, and um, you know, made it made it through to a period where we became profitable, and I could give myself eventually a decent salary to more reasonable and market rate eventually.
1: So this may be a dumb question, but then how does Real Self become profitable? How do how does the company make money?
2: Right. You know, if you think about what we're doing, we're helping consumers get information. And ultimately, they're also not only looking for, well, what are these different treatments for skin? And, and, you know, say like, I I don't like wrinkles in my forehead, which is true. (laughs) I don't like the wrinkles in my forehead. But what are my various options choices, whether it's a laser treatment or Botox or, you know, something beyond that? So there's that side, which is there's a lot of brands who would love to let you know that they Mm -hmm. exist and they need help. So we do get some money from brands who'd like to share their story of their their, both on our platform and and in our other mediums, like um, our our experiential events, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. And then we work with doctors and we give doctors an opportunity to promote themselves in a legitimate way, which is. Here are my before and afters um, for rhinoplasty in Seattle, and you're looking at rhinoplasty. How about you take a look? There's no like, oh, you know, get you know two for one special for breast augmentation or you know none of that. <laughs> it's really a native experience where the doctors pay to get uh, their information in the right place at the right time, which is as you're doing your research.
1: So let's talk about that event. So Real Self House of Modern Beauty. That is the event that I'm going to be a part of. I'm going to be hosting a panel of amazing women in media here in Seattle, which I'm like honored to be a part of and super excited about. But this is your first is this your first Seattle event?
2: it is uh well it's our first we we've done some mi- micro events here we did a um self-defense course
1: how did i miss this
2: oh that was a while ago but it was an unfortunate <laughs> story that one of our employees was attacked and golden
1: i know that story yeah. that was one of your employees yeah do you, I after i saw that story i was like i need to go do a self-defense class and i never yeah. followed up
2: yeah so we had oh. literally like a, a week or two before that event where she got attacked by this man in the bathroom, we offered all of our employees a free self-defense class. And so she knew from that class what to do. I and, remember
1: reading that. She learned yeah, from, yeah, oh my that was God. Us.
2: Yeah. And so we did do a follow-on uh, course or class where we offered anyone in the Seattle incredible. community. And I think we had, uh, I had 300, 400 women show up and, and one dude. Okay. We and, need to
1: do this again. I I am, like, all in on this. It needs to happen. I will promote the hell out of that because I think every woman needs to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Kelly, who is the woman behind really supporting this idea of, you know, sharing her story Mm -hmm. openly, she's committed to that. She also tells her experience and just saying, you know, she was yelling at the guy, you know, not today, motherfucker. And no, <laughs> but, 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 you know, like she said, she just brought her fierce on oh, and yeah. said, you know, I'm going to make you. And she kept saying to him, you're going to die today. You're going to die. And she was, and she said, there's no way she would have found that unless she had taken this. So you know, if you don't do the course with us someday, do it. Yeah. I just recommend it to any of your listeners. It's That's a, incredible. It's really that valuable. All
1: around that you've got, that you did that for employees and then for the public. So, That was one of your events that.
2: Sorry, yeah. No, I love.
1: I can talk about that for for hours. Okay, so
2: this one's way more fun. No attacks. No no attacks. No no fighting. Shouldn't (laughs) leave there. No.
1: So, uh, Real Stuff, House of Modern Beauty was the first one. Was it South by Southwest or Mm -hmm. yeah, where you originally kicked it off? What happened at that event? What was that one about?
2: That was so fun. I had never been to South by Southwest, and you know I've heard it's just uh, a dynamic event of just interactive and the music and film. And we decided uh, that one of the ways we would bring our brand closer to people is and and to sort of um, really see if the interest for aesthetics is expansive as we think it is Mm -hmm. and mainstream was to have it at this really big event and and really stand out because there's very very little in the beauty realm uh, fashion at at way no. so in combination of both securing a talk for our chief uh, medical editor who did a, a really great panel uh, t- or a, a session about modern beauty which is um, what we believe we're in the industry of we had an actual physical house that we turned into just this really awesome room by room different treatments different products and get to and, and then panels and like you're going to and we had editors from everywhere from refinery 29 to beauty cool. editors from from big magazines as well as New York Times. And and we just turned it into our own micro event. And we were so excited by it, we're like, we gotta do this again. <laughs> it was extremely challenging to pull off, but our team did a fantastic job. And so in Seattle is our next iteration of it. And we're timing it with um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and the American Cancer Society Walk. And so it'll be on that same weekend so in October. It's,
1: it's October 19th. So obviously you if you miss it in the beginning of the podcast where I mentioned it, it's October 19th and then at 10 a.m. is where you'll be able to come in. The event is free. So people can come in and they can try out all the different procedures, ask questions about the procedures and treatments. And then the panel uh, is at nine that I'm hosting, 9 a.m. But that is uh, invite only. So I am giving away chance on my Instagram to win your way in, so go check that out at the Carla Marie. Need to get that in there. We so want people awesome. there.
2: <laughs> it is so fun, and you know, you get a little tote, you know, bag of goodies to take oh. home. And I, I, I got my at South by. I got a treatment for my face. I got, um, <laughs> I tried a facial. I, I just tried all these new things that, you know, if you have to set up an appointment with the clinic, you're just not gonna test it out or just see it just watching somebody like what is that thing that's shaking your stomach and it's like oh that's called m-sculpt I'm like what's m-sculpt and we just are breaking that barrier down as i mentioned earlier between what are these things what did people say about them but also like what does it look like live in person or even to try it and test it out just to
1: ask them i mean you can you can type questions into google for days but to ask an actual person who is doing the procedure and knows about the procedure that's a whole nother story so I know there's going to be microneedling there, which I am a big fan of. And I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about microneedling. So that's going to be there. It's just going to be a really cool day. And I love that you guys are breaking down this wall of, oh, we shouldn't talk about cosmetic surgery. We shouldn't do this. Like that—that that is the whole opposite of what real self is. You should be talking about it. And I love that you break down that wall. What is something that you want people who just kind of like glaze by real self? Maybe they, they see the website pop-up or something, what is the the one thing that you would want to grab them and say, okay, this is what real self is, and this is why you need to come to this website?
2: I, I think ultimately we are a combination of transparency and consumer empowerment, people, real people, authentic storytelling, and unparalleled credentials in terms of the doctors who we uh, allow to be on the platform.
1: Do you hear a lot from the doctors who are like, thank you for creating this because now you know they can speak about procedures and connect with patients or possible patients
2: absolutely I had a surgeon recently who does a lot of breast reconstruction and works with women recovering from cancer breast cancer and she said you know there is no place I can send my patient to get informed and mm-hmm. feel like she has community and support besides real self and she she was just incredibly gracious and in, and thanking me and I've had I had a woman at South by Southwest at our event um, say, you know, before Real Self, I had a procedure with a doctor and he said he was a cosmic surgeon, which is, mm. by the way, a marketing term, not a real medical wow. term. Wow. And she said, only you, Real Self and Tom, you know, your, your company was telling the truth that this person was actually just a general physician <laughs> who was calling himself a cosmic surgeon and she had trusted her you know, her body with this person. She had been deformed and, and went through the most excruciating pain of her life. Um, how, so, like,
1: how does that happen? How are doctors allowed to do that?
2: There's no there's no regulatory constraint around a doctor. Any doctor can call themselves a cosmetic surgeon. Any doctor. What? And here in Seattle, there's an oral surgeon who calls themselves a cosmetic surgeon. Now, if you knew your surgeon who's about to do a breast augmentation on you says you know oh oh my training yeah my training really starts when i um in school <laughs> like you'd freak out and run out the door yeah. right but that's that's just the case and why real self is trying to bring a level of credentials and and quality to our real self-verified <laughs> program of like you know as long as the doctor says who they are and what they really stand you know what their training is based on we're cool Yeah, I mean, any doctor who gets
1: mad that real self exists has something to hide.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair, that could be true. That should be your
1: new tagline. Any doctor that doesn't like us, don't go to them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, transparency is is tilting the the field in the favor of consumers. And it's painful for those who have lived in a world of obfuscation and trying to, you know, basically prey upon your vulnerability of, or, you know, look, I don't know about you, but my information that I have about health and my my mm-hmm. own self mm-hmm. is like I carried around an egg in health class with Heather Roslin, and we tried not to break it, and that <laughs> was like a baby. And it's true. No, but what do you, you know? And then I learned I'm older than you, so I learned the food pyramid.
1: I did also learn the food pyramid, which is
2: right. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Wrong, right? So wrong. Wrong. Wrong answer, right? Now it's a... <laughs> it's a, it's a right. There's a buzzer in yeah. this radio studio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a
1: bell over there. You can hit the bell for the good things.
2: <laughs> oh, good thing. Sorry. Good
1: things. Not, not oh, the sorry. pyramid. Not the pyramid. No. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. sorry. You know, I retract the bell. You're right. We don't... What do we know about health? You know we don't, and no, we, we're vulnerable. You- we're,
2: we're unprepared. You know, and yet at the same time, it doesn't matter where you're going for medical care. You know, I, let's go beyond aesthetics. You just don't want to be a dumb person asking dumb questions because we all know. And as you get older, you know, as your parents get older, your grandparents. You see, if you don't advocate for yourself in this healthcare system, mm-hmm. you're going to suffer. You're going to get inferior care, and. Well, what can we do about that? And that's where I think in our little world, we're doing that. And others are doing it in other spaces of healthcare and, you know, great on them. Um, And that's what um, is exciting about our job because we're really at the forefront of consumerism around healthcare and making sure we are smart shoppers, buyers, and we make those decisions just like that Expedia going beyond the brochure experience you have today on travel.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, travel is great and all, but your body is pretty important. So I thank you for making Real Self, which I want people to check it out, realself.com. It's at realself on Instagram. Come to the event. It's Real Self House of Modern Beauty, October 19th. You can get all the information, realself.com. But Tom, I think the question everyone wants to know is, what does your wife think now? (laughs)
2: my (laughs) wife she's really proud i think she's really proud and she uses real self and her girlfriends too and they'll be at the house of modern beauty and just as just like anyone who shows up wide-eyed and interested and just wants to be informed yeah. Hopefully you get to meet her.
1: I will. I'm going to find her. I'm going to ask her why she did not like the idea of this at first. I'm definitely going to ask her. like, Why me. didn't you support him? No, See she didn't support
2: me. Don't, let's not let, let, <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let's do be not clear. Let's not get
1: you in trouble. She said <laughs> not support. She, yeah. I'm going to ask her, why did you say this was a dumb idea? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Right. No. Tom, thank you so much for coming in. I know you're a CEO of a company and you took the time to come here today and do this podcast. So I appreciate your time very much. This
2: was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Side Hustlers. Yes, so go to realself.com for any info at all about Real Self and how you can find out where their events are popping up. Come to the event this weekend, October 19th and 20th, depending on when you're listening to this podcast in 2019. It's at the Riveter in Capitol Hill and the panel that I am hosting can only win your way in with me on Instagram. It's at the Carla Marie. Please reach out to me at all side at gmail.com if you've got questions. If you've got people you wanna recommend for the podcast, I am always open to whatever you wanna hear. And next week's guest is Amber Larks from Amber Larks Art and Photography. You can actually follow her, Amber Larks, on Instagram, amberlarks.com. But I'm telling you about her now because she's actually gonna be at the Full Moon Market this weekend, also in Capitol Hill, where my event will be. So you can make a whole weekend out of it. It's really cool. So you can go to House of Modern Beauty with Real Self and then go over to the Full Moon Market in Capitol Hill right at the bottom of Stumptown Coffee and you'll get to see Amber's work and then you can hear her story when the podcast posts Monday morning. Another cool event for you to check out that actually ties in two side hustlers or two groups of side hustlers Kendall if you remember her from the hollow sloth the charcuterie company so Kendall is actually going to be hosting a charcuterie class at Studio Life You remember we had the amazing women behind Studio Life on Side Hustlers you can check out that event it's October 22nd 2019 if you go to studiolifeseattle.com you can register for the class use code Carla Marie to get 20% off your entire order when you book the class take your girlfriends it's going to be a lot of fun it's called looking Gouda charcuterie class and happy hour a lot of fun october 22nd hopefully i will see you there and don't forget please like this podcast subscribe for this podcast follow this podcast whatever it is that you do on whatever app you listen on that really helps and rate and review this podcast because that helps more people find this podcast and then we can get guests from everywhere on this podcast so thank you for being here appreciate it i'm carla marie you can find me on instagram at the carla marie and until next week keep hustling the weekly podcast that started it
0: all they just wanted to have fun as they dreamt of one day having their own morning show
1: and now they do
0: but the tradition continues every friday my day friday with carla marie and anthony available worldwide on the iheart radio kick off your weekend with carla marie and anthony
1: Zumo Play.